0: FM to get started.
1: You listened to this epic Q&A with Eric Bischoff. Now, hang out with us. This is After 83 Weeks with Christy Olsen. That's me. You're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz <laughs> It's okay to dance a little. That is. This is a rocking one.
0: That is a poem. <laughs> get... mm.
1: Yeah. Hello. 83 weeks you got all you 83 weeks fans out there gave Eric Bischoff some really juicy questions this was a full Q&A episode of 83 weeks and I cannot wait to break it down with these gentlemen right here my name is Christy Olsen let me tell you who's joining the panel today because they look a little confused themselves let me tell you who you are Whoever sir a 13 year veteran of this business this
2: very business the
1: biz the wrestling biz After and week. host of Afterbus TV's Smackdown After Show, it's Christian Rosenberg. Hello there. Hi. It
2: is great to see you, as always.
1: Thank you so much. This was a great episode, right?
2: It was fun. You know, I am eternally jealous of Eric Bischoff, because he's so well-known that he can complete an entire episode <laughs> of just having fans submit questions. I may be able to go about four minutes of a show <laughs> with questions. Well, but it's a matter Talks. of questions. That, that's true. Like. No, that if four question is just one very difficult question I if, that I spent four minutes answering. If
0: people had 600 questions for me, I would talk. That's not a problem.
1: <laughs> and you are talking. That voice you guys hear is AfterBuzz TV wrestling and sports host and YouTube guru to the wrestling stars. It's Steve Kaufman.
0: I'm here. I am ready. I voted. I wrote in Mabel as the fourth man.
1: <laughs> I love it. The third I man and it. the fourth
2: man?
0: The third and the fourth man. Okay. There, was, there were two different categories on the ballot. Fair enough. Third... I'll, and fourth man, and then I made Al Snow the sixth and seventh man. Okay.
1: All a moot point, because I do not believe anyone wearing an I Voted sticker <laughs> actually voted. Let's ask this man. <laughs> amateur wrestler. Am- amateur wrestler, shall we say? And no, what I call professional, professional. the encyclopedia of professional wrestling. Say hello to George Hermosa. Hello
3: there. How's everyone doing?
1: Hey, we're
3: good. We're doing we're, it. We're, oh, you're talking to us? Just oh, in general. To oh. the world. Oh. I mean, I mean we're, I checked, we're, we're good. We're live with all the chat. We are. And, uh, Joseph we Boza. We
1: are live. They are rolling already. Hello, Demo, Joseph Boza, Star Drew, all the all the usual suspects, as I like to call them, already have the conversation rolling on our YouTube live chat. You know, we do this at 9 p.m. Eastern on Tuesday nights, and if you join us live in the chat, We get to hear what you guys think. Sometimes we'll say your opinions on the air, give you a little shout-out like we just did. Doesn't that sound like fun? Yes, so make sure you join us. And you can also subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Make sure you rate and comment. Five stars is nice. I mean, I'm just saying. Five stars is better than... I four stars. If,
2: if there was an option for six, they should do that.
0: I saw multiple campaign ads this week that said the one through four star buttons don't work. Your oh. your, your review does not count if you use any of those. All oh. right. Well, I now believe, you guys know. I believe everything I see on Facebook.
1: <laughs> now you know. But also, our podcast is free. Yep. And we are the first ever podcast about a podcast. Why wouldn't you want to subscribe, right?
0: That's it's. We don't
1: have the answer to that because we're subscribed. Well,
0: it's the perfect supplementary content.
1: That's true. (laughs) Free. That's all we say. Free, free, free. And this was, as we kind of said before, a very special episode of 83 Weeks This Week. Instead of focusing on one event or one specific wrestler, they just gave you guys free reign to send in questions to Eric Bischoff. And actually, there were some high-profile people who did that as well. Let's jump right in. As you mentioned, Steve, they got over 600 submissions. 600 of you out there had burning questions for Eric Bischoff, and, and they were great questions too. When you guys hear that this is going to be a Q&A episode, does that excite you?
3: I like it because yeah. it, it kind of yeah. goes into a little bit of everything. Maybe a lot of things that aren't going to be like a whole episode altogether, yeah. but just enough of a little. Because there was a lot of good stuff on this episode that, that you know, on by itself, it would have never like what he said about Virgil. Like that would never I think warrant a full episode. Of but course. I like that little thing. I that want he said. The two
2: and a half hour episode on Virgil and WCW. <laughs> <laughs> well,
3: it's not going to last two and a half hours.
0: You're the, you're the guy.
2: I'm the. I'm you're the, one, the guy who I'm the wants, one wants one guy. that episode. I, I think, one, I I think you're episode. the
0: one guy who wants to know that he made 100, then 120, then 135. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, well, I, <laughs> but that was it. We saw it. It was. Yeah.
1: We'll get into it. Well, Rosenberg, why don't you tell all the Afterbuddies out there what they can see here on AfterBuzz TV, wrestling and sports, and all the other AfterBuzz channels.
2: You know what? I would love to. I thought so. Hey, AfterBuzzers. You know, our network produces aftershows for nearly all your favorite TV shows. From dramas, reality TV, sci-fi, and more, there is no network that works harder to serve television fans. None! None whatsoever. But, we need your help. We're asking that you please subscribe to one or more of our YouTube channels. By subscribing to our channel, YouTube will suggest content that's tailor-made for you, and you'll help AfterBuzz continue to grow. And if you're worried about those pesky notifications, look, don't be. They're optional. So hit the subscribe button now for this channel and check out other AfterBuzz YouTube channels as well. Let us know you did so in the comments and we'll thank you on the air like we do in the shout outs earlier. We'll thank you for subscribing. Let us know. Tweet us. Instagram, MySpace, Friendster, all that fun stuff. But for now, thank you for being the best fans and for helping us be the ESPN of TV talk. You're really active on Friendster. I'm extremely active (laughs) on Classmates. That one too.
1: Well, we are grateful for all of you out there. And someone who is, shall we say, persona non grata around 83 weeks would be one Vince Russo who apparently did not let that deter him <laughs> as he shockingly submitted a question for this Q&A which was um if if Bischoff would meet with him right or like have a have a chit chat with him it doesn't really matter what it was Bischoff was going to shoot it down either way guys why would Russo even bother
2: <laughs> because he wanted attention and may have people remember who the hell he is <laughs> So he wanted um, them to hopefully um, answer the question, thus then have them make fun of him because a hey, bad publicity is still publicity. We're talking about him, mm-hmm. which I personally don't want to do because I despise him. <laughs> really, why do you hate Russo? Because he's a moron. But like, why? What
3: is it about him that made him a moron? I mean, yeah, I'm not. I'm saying I disagree with you because I think I think with somebody like him, it's he knows he's going to get a response, right? And that's why a lot of people do – like, Jim Cornett, I think, is the ultimate genius because, like, I don't think – I think he feels a certain way about the business, but he knows how to say it where it gets the massive amount of response. Russo's the same way. I just think that he his way of thinking is just so one-dimensional. I don't – I mean, I, I don't I, – I liked his way of booking because I was one of that 1%, but I get why a lot of people didn't like it.
0: Um, I I like – From a media standpoint, I think, and you mentioned, like, oh, people know who, like, make sure people know who Russo is. Yeah. You mean outside his bubble. Yes. Because he cultivated a very. He has a cult following. Like, in the sense that he, 10 years from now, we're going to call every following a cult following by that standard. Mm -hmm. That he just found 200,000 people who really, really dig his stuff. And that's all you ever actually need. And his people are very rabid in the sense that he doesn't need much outside attention, but when he gets it, he picks a spot and he winds up on are this you,
2: show. Are you certain though that that two hundred thousand people is not just twenty people who each have a hundred thousand <laughs> burner accounts? No,
0: I've I've been to enough wrestling events to know. Probably two
3: million, by the way, but
0: yeah, uh, I'm, I'm just, I'm just, just I never said math
3: is <laughs> my
2: strong suit. Right. Well,
0: no, once again, I'm saying like his ride or dies are probably around a hundred thousand. Okay, because he has probably two or three million. Like followers on Twitter, so it's not that ridiculous to think that that, any, yeah, Vince Russo like cultivated something that we all need to at least understand. Uh, This question was weird.
1: It was weird. (laughs) I think they obviously there was no way that they weren't going to include it. But let's talk about. A good Vince Russo idea, or at least according to Eric Bischoff, and that was to uh, put the belt, as they say, on one actor, David Arquette. This one fizzled out a little bit just because Bischoff basically said, hey, we've talked about this before. It's been talked to death. We, it was best for business. I know he doesn't say that, but that's basically what he... <laughs> that's basically, it was the message. Yeah. I wanted a little more here. Like, I haven't seen the documentary. I'm guessing a lot of people listening to the show probably have not seen the David Arquette documentary. I think it's just
0: yeah, 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 out. Yeah,
1: it's not Oh, see? So no one has seen the <laughs> documentary. So why wouldn't he elaborate a little bit? This left me wanting more. Uh,
2: well, to watch the documentary. Yeah. Because he's on it. So he's like, you know, tease it. Obviously, there's going to be more detail on the documentary when it's ready to make sure you see it. But yeah, it, it was 100% a business move with the Right of the Rumble mm-hmm. movie. Uh, um, at the time, David Arquette was a very well-known celebrity, mm. married to Courtney Cox at the time. Yeah,
3: I mean that's. I think he was more Courtney Cox's husband.
2: But he was in. No, he but wasn't. he was David in Arquette. Scream. He was in a number of other Scream movies. movies. Well, no other. They <laughs> legged leg
0: freaks movies. doesn't count that, that, was that after. movie was not. But that came after. Like David Arquette it was. Did well
2: in, in his opening week. Eight-legged a a freaks. I mean, better than Right of the Rumble. Well let's,
0: expend, well, let's expand your thought that David Arquette was not a star yet. You put him on the marquee of your movie. You want him to be a star, and you're going to do everything you can to make him a star. I just don't star. see
3: the correlation between let's give him the belt so we can promote the movie.
0: I stand by Eric on this where it's he didn't beat – like when people are claiming that it destroyed the business in any way by giving the big gold belt to David Arquette. It's right. like, right. Did it. well, he beat Eric Bischoff. And yeah, that was my biggest thing where I was like, yeah, well, he, beat, he didn't beat so-and-so. He beat, he beat Eric Prischoff.
3: You weren't the champion either.
2: It was, it was a very <laughs> odd stipulation yeah. on the match. I mean, no, we, we all know the idea, did it work? No. We know for, that. But the, for I, what they were trying to do at the time, I don't see a problem rolling the dice. It didn't go out in their way. Mm. But they, the, the they I, don't like
3: it then don't like it now
2: well the idea of
0: celebrity involvement in wrestling we're okay with like Stephen amell wrestled it all in mickey rourke would have wrestled at a wrestlemania had the insurance company not freaked out about but they didn't beat 2. stephanie
3: mcmahon to win the
0: belt that's a weird it's a weird example <laughs> but no I'm, I'm i'm saying in general the concept of celebrities in wrestling isn't foreign no when done correctly i don't think anyone's arguing that david arquette thing wasn't done correctly but I think Bischoff is arguing that making him world champion to promote a movie isn't the end of the world. Right, absolutely. If Arquette ended this Goldberg streak, that's a different story. Yeah, like...
3: I would have preferred that than than having him be... Then you're you're (laughs) insane. Him being world champion...
1: My favorite role that David Arquette ever played was in a red carpet interview for Shoes TV where he talked to Christy Olsen and he was all messed up and he just walked away in the middle of our interview. <laughs> but that would be a whole nother I've, I've watched show. that
3: over and over again. Link in I'm the description. Su- I'm
1: sure that you have.
3: It's <laughs> hilarious. He,
1: he, All right. We're, we're debating his starness. Let's talk about going primetime. Let's talk about WCW going primetime up against Monday Night Raw. This is a story that we've all heard a lot of times. We know how it went down. Did you get any? Did you hear anything new? Well, when Eric Bischoff talked about having this conversation with Ted Turner, he did kind of say, and I guess I hadn't heard this before, that he suspected that Ted Turner wanted him to say that, or that the idea was already sort of had been kicked around, just not to Bischoff directly, and that him telling Turner that's what they needed to do was essentially telling Turner what he wanted to hear. Um, I would say
0: I would say he's saying that now. Mm-hmm. I, there's a very old video of Paul Heyman at like something where he was live on Prodigy, so it was really really old, like probably weeks before the first Nitro. And they asked him what he like, and a fan just asked Paul Heyman, who was head of ECW at the time, mm-hmm. "What do you think is going to happen?" And he said, "WWE is going to destroy him, going to destroy him. He's going to get fired. They're going to like they're going to have three big stars and they're going to run." They're going to run really cheap shows, and WCW is going to be, like, really, really light syndicated cable programming. And Eric Bischoff is going to, like, prepare his resume for all the production (laughs) companies in Los Angeles. And he even said, if I were in his position, I'd be doing it faster. (laughs) And it was one of those weird things, like, one of those weird Paul Heyman things where he was ultimately correct in saying that WWE will crush you. Right. What he was wrong about was that WWE will crush you right away. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You will actually give them... Give them pause, give them fight, and then they will, you know, and then like a lot of forces will come together. I think in hindsight, he came in and was looking to say, Well, you asked me what would be the best thing for me to do mm-hmm. as the guy in charge of WCW, and my answer is we go live on Monday nights. I think it was a semi bluff. I don't think he hmm. knew, I don't think he knew Ted Turner would let him. I think he half thought Ted Turner would laugh him out of the room, and right. then he would go. Then he, anytime anyone would give him any flack, he'd say, "Hey, I told you what we need to do," and then he would have that
2: out. See, I, I, I slightly disagree with you because really? I almost feel like this was um, one of the more humble things we would hear Bishop say because we know he's not typically a, a humble guy. Fair. <laughs> and and with it, no, I'm serious because with it, because you would always think he's like, "Oh yeah, I said prime time," and it's like, "That's right, let's do it." But what he was mentioned on here was, you know, it seems like Ted Turner and the other executives were already discussing it. They were on the fence with it. But now, with me coming in and right off the bat mentioning, hey, this would be a good idea, that solidified, oh, wait, we talked about this before. Now, here's someone else that wasn't part of that conversation saying the same thing. You know, Mm. that adds up. Let's do it. So, he wasn't taking all the credit for going prime time, which I actually appreciate. Because yeah. to me, when he was said, like, well, prime time, I was like, well, no. Then you're saying going prime time when Nitro was 100% because of you, where we know there's something else about it. He's certainly a main reason mm-hmm. for it, but there's something else with it. And I feel like he pretty much
0: acknowledged that. Mm-hmm. I feel like he always gave Ted Turner a certain amount of credit to give him the time slot. Huh. But I do <laughs> think tonight he actually, or tonight, th- this episode, he actually told it told it how he sees it now.
1: Well, we learned a little bit about the seemingly respectful relationship between the two of them in that Mm. when Bischoff needed a a phone call, one of those (laughs) business phone calls. Catch up, yeah, yeah. chat a little bit. Yeah, right? Or, you know, get a job? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Turner was there to help him. We touched on this a little bit before Virgil's contract. We did, <laughs> we did get some details on this. We know he started at 109 and ended out at $154,000 a year in 1999. The interesting part of this to me was Eric Bischoff kind of reminding everyone you know you're, like, paying, like, 30-something percent taxes mm-hmm. when you're in that kind of a bracket. Yeah. These guys are paying their own expenses. That still happens to this day. Mm-hmm. You guys were into this, right? Yeah.
3: I mean, I was, but I was kind of calling, not BS, which is kind of, like, my thing now, apparently. <laughs> but just kind of <laughs> like, you're still paying Virgil that much money, okay? Like, he, he's not paying him after taxes, He's paying him that much money before taxes, so that's still coming out of WCW's bankroll. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what the big deal but, about it is. Like, oh, well, he still has to pay this. He still has- well, you're up. still there, paying. There are him
2: people in- on the WWE roster today that don't make that money. True. Exactly. So it's like, oh, that's uh, well, I justify it because They're he's he, women. because he doesn't make
3: that much money. <laughs> I'll take
2: Christy tonight.
3: He, he doesn't make that much money after taxes. But you're still
0: paying him that much before taxes. Well, so think, why are you paying him that much? Well, the argument he was trying to make was that was the going rate for a wrestler. For Virgil. Well, no, not <laughs> Virgil. No, <because laughs> like that, there's a lot of people that made less. But he was claiming he was claiming that's the going rate for a former mid-card world champion in WWF to come to WC. Like whether mm. we agree Virgil is worth that amount of money is moot. I also think the point he was missing because I'm reading up on there was a player there was an NFL player strike a long time ago that. Whenever professional sports players strike, it's kind of amazing how quickly we side with owners, Not because because the average salary of an NFL player, and this was in the 80s, was like $200,000 a year. Mm-hmm. And the average person has trouble really dealing with that. The average person has trouble really gripping with siding with someone, regardless of the fact that, A, an owner is it's a billion-dollar team, mm-hmm. and B, that person only actually has a shelf life of maybe five years, three years on average. And they're only going to make that those years, and then they're going to have to literally switch careers. So how does that relate to Virgil? I yeah, think that relates that's to, what I want. No, no, that relates to Virgil in the open market of what he's worth. Whether he is or isn't, he was able to successfully convince WCW that that's what he was worth to the WWF, or close to what he was worth to the WWF. So he made he made WCW pay that amount.
3: I just wanted to be able sure to say, okay. hey, it was a favor to someone, because I think that's what it was. It was a Ybiyashi. favor to someone, maybe. Maybe Hogan, maybe DiBiase, one of the other boys, but... But, like, why do you bring... He well, didn't even wrestle that but much, but also D- who's Demo
1: Demo dis- in the chat points out, there are a lot of people that were, we could say, overpaid at WCW. Oh, of course.
0: Yeah. Not just Virgil. Also, like, and I don't, I don't think he made these decisions per se, but let's say he was doing a favor to DiBiase, so whatever he's paying DiBiase plus Virgil is a package deal toward DiBiase. Mm-hmm. Who's to say...
2: Everybody's got a price. And...
0: That's well played, sir. And who who is to say that he was the one who actually made that choice versus someone in talent relations that came to him and said this is how much it'll cost to get DiBiase, not even realizing that Virgil's tied into that number?
3: I think they just wanted somebody to be named Vincent since pretty much almost yeah. all yeah. of his names is pretty much a rib on somebody, whether it's Virgil, Vincent, Shane. Yeah. Uh, I don't know about Curly Bill or whatever his name <laughs> was in the West Texas Rednecks, but... <laughs>
1: Well, let's get to a part of this conversation that I found a little bit disheartening, guys. So Uh-oh. I'm really curious what you thought about this. Eric Bischoff reveals that he does not think that anyone can compete with WWE in this day and age. That's true. No one ever is going to be able to be in competition with them at all. But there's no talk of, like, overthrowing them or, mm-hmm. or anything like that. But it's he's saying even just to survive alongside WWE is not possible.
0: That's true. Well, compete in the way that WWE has monopolized the market.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: They've, and they've monopolized it in old ways that if you were a brand new wrestling company right now, it would be wasted. It would be wasted equity to try and compete with the WWE versus do what MLW is doing, do what Ring of Honor is doing, do what New Japan's doing, yeah. which is carve out your own yes. piece of the market that still exists. And he came into this later in the episode that like five, ten years ago, that wasn't a smart move. There like there weren't enough places to go in the market. Whereas now what he's I think what he's ultimately saying is if you only have so much capital, you would you would spend it wisely to just get three hundred thousand ride or die fans. And have them all watch your product.
3: And I, I think, well, uh, many episodes, Bischoff has that one spot of the episode where he just shows off just how genius he is in some ways. Uh, where I think in this case he said exactly, uh, "You can't compete, but that doesn't mean you can't be successful." Yeah, yeah. And I was like, "That is the like the ring of honor, successful, so New Japan, you know? successful." And like like Steve was saying, I was actually having a conversation. TNA is in business. I was having a conversation <laughs> with this um someone <laughs> y- yesterday. Yesterday, where you look at the Attitude Era. There were a lot of fans that liked wrestling. Just a lot, right? Like but now there's not that many, but now not that many, but they're spending a lot more time and money in wrestling, which is why it might sound a little bit more successful than it was before. Just so many people just spending a lot of- Jericho Cruz was like 20 20 hours um, of programming.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah, I mean, every, everything being sold at hot topics. But, but I don't, I don't like, think I don't think
0: a, their Jericho Cruz would have sold out like twenty no, years no, ago.
2: One of them. No. Yeah. Oh absolutely not.
0: Jericho wouldn't have had the ability to reach his fans directly. Twenty years ago, ten years ago, five years ago, really.
3: But even even throw in the the exposure of maybe a WC because Bruce Cruz never did that much. Mm. The Russell Vessel never did that much. You know? At least I don't think so. I'm just guessing to be honest and, with
0: you. And I think they were talking about it heading out of the Jericho Cruise that um they they aren't sure that anyone has ever actually set up a ring and wrestled on a cruise before the Jericho Cruise. Mm-hmm. That the Jericho Cruise may have been oh, I love a
1: first. And they not have only, very
0: well been the first you know, matches to have ever happened on a re, on on a cruise. And who
3: knows how much money you're actually buying it on Fight TV on demand because I know a lot of the matches right? are yeah. being shown there so like I said it just, it's just making lot, money there too. There's less fans now but they're just spending a lot more money true
1: from uh something that was a first to something that got so played out it doesn't even work anymore (laughs) bischoff talks about these this famous broom audition you know that when Mm. you go into a situation like this maybe they'll ask you they'll give you an inanimate object and say to you here sell this broom sell this roll of tape whatever it is they don't do that anymore
0: Okay, because I, th- I think you were sensing the room that the question was going to come back.
1: Right, yeah. No, they don't do that anymore. Okay. And I have very little uh, insider dish that I can share. And Fair. that was a little tiny piece of it, so I just wanted to say that. <laughs> okay. <laughs>
3: although, although he, he did mention Renee Young's audition. That's on YouTube. Yes. You can watch that, and obviously she's Renee. Um, but, yeah, just I always liked those because I still remember watching Wolf of Wall Street where I was like, sell me this pen. It's Enough. the pen from Wolf of Wall Street. Yeah. Okay.
2: I've 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 <laughs> Good had job. No, I've, I've had just like in like day job interviews where they're like, Sell me this.
1: Well, you work in sales.
2: Mm. Well, yeah. no, and customer service. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> Thanks for exposing <laughs> me. <laughs> exposing oh, <sorry>. exposing <laughs> No you know, like, That's a lie. I make Virgil money in my independent wrestling career.
1: You know what, Rosenberg? I hope that you will be as forgiving to me as Hulk Hogan is. Because we learned in Impossible. this episode that while Eric Eric Bischoff maybe has a harder time forgiving people, he did drop this little tidbit about Hulk Hogan and said that he's he's not a petty guy, that he forgives easy. I, that was interesting to me. I mean, I, I don't know Hulk Hogan personally, so I'll take any kind of little tidbit I can get.
0: Yeah. Um... I could buy that. I think, I think if you've been through as much as Hulk Hogan has been through, the, right. I could I could see that. It's just like I the tide comes and goes. Like imagine being one of the biggest stars in the world mm-hmm. in the mid '80s. Imagine. And in <laughs> the like, mid '80s, Christie. Oh, right, but like, but in the <laughs> mid '80s, and then still still be working the grind your whole life. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not like Hulk Hogan was a huge star in the mid-80s and then sometime around the 90s he decided to retire and you never heard or saw him again. Mm-hmm. Like, he's never not really been in the business. So, like, he's seen the tide come and go. And I think with that you learn that just, like, personal relationships are one thing and then professional relationships can be a completely different thing. Mm-hmm. And you just have to learn that with a professional relationship you kind of get snake bit a little. And, un- like, understand that those are people who've burned you before. But... You'd be a fool. You'd be a fool because your next check might not come if you don't if you cut them out of your life completely. That's true. That's I don't. That's what I took from that.
1: That is true. Well, Mr. Bischoff did reportedly have some discord. There's probably a less fancy sounding way of saying that, <laughs> but I'm trying to get to the Ric Flair stuff. Oh yes. So, Flair stuff. And, we, and we've and we heard the stories a million times. We know what went down between the two of them on paper. We know that. But we got well, kind of the things that we got from Bischoff that we haven't heard before. I thought it was kind of crazy that he said he never knew what Ric Flair was mad about. But Do you some, believe that? How, is that possible?
2: I, I think the fact that they said they never talked about it, like talked it out. That part I 100% believe. Yeah. I could totally see him never talking about, but just time heals all wounds.
1: Oh, men.
0: Sometimes brothers fight <laughs> and then... Sometimes brothers and friends alike fight, and then they just they just move on about it. And it's because what what was interesting is he said that how it ended was one day we just started BS like everything was fine, and mm-hmm. then everything's been fine ever since. Which leads me to believe that like maybe it's like Peter and the Giant Chicken. Neither of them remembers what they were fighting about, <laughs> and they're just Peter having this the
2: Giant Chicken. <laughs> yeah,
0: I'm bringing it back. Family yeah, you can Guy can references, it, like I did earlier
1: today. <laughs> Though they're they're comfortable with each other now. Let's talk about a question that made Eric Bischoff. Am I gonna say it? No. Made him effing uncomfortable. Oh, ooh. I get. I don't know. I guess I just made that split decision that we were gonna be more PC here than. That no, that's thing. fine. Right. I just want to
2: know what made you so effing uncomfortable. Well,
1: it was this question about the Hall of Fame. Oh, okay. Everyone always wants to ask these legends. Who would you have inducted you into the Hall of Fame? Why are you not in the Hall of Fame It's going to be Hogan. I don't know why
3: he's going to sit there and and, lie. It 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 would be Hogan. It
1: wasn't about answering the question. Eric Bischoff was saying that the question alone makes him uncomfortable, and he refused to answer it. I think, don't you think that whenever someone does answer that question, it's sort of like indulging it, and it's sort of like saying, yeah, I've thought about it. Yeah, it's going to happen.
2: Yeah. Well, I'm planning on inducting you, Christy, when you get inducted. Like oh I'm yeah, be that's able, yeah, yeah. That was the plan, right? It's
1: pretty much on paper. Yeah. Oh, sorry, guys.
2: Wait, like Christy? Did you not? Sorry. Oh, did you not tell him? We did now. That I'm a one.
1: Actually, I think I maybe want Joseph Boza or Star okay. Jew or or Dima. We can have the chat roll going. It. I would like to
0: have an entire <laughs> live awesome. YouTube chat roll. Just, to, yeah, just have a chat roll <laughs> just on the
3: screen. That'd be awesome. That's weird.
0: I mean. Um, I. I think I think he was wise to not get too big for his britches. Yeah. In that cuz the last thing he wants is for cuz it's not it's not a hall of fame in the sense that you get there purely by merit. A bunch of people just vote and then you get in or you don't get in like the company decides who goes in the hall of fame similar to how they decide who becomes world champion and who works there and who right. wins the world so, cup so the la- so the last thing they last she thing eric wants it. is for news to come out this week that eric thinks that Hulk Hogan should induct him into the hall of fame and it should be in louisiana somewhere like the last thing he would want is for that to come out
1: right I'd be, super uncom- would, I'd be that super uncomfortable. i would make uncomfortable. people gag, like hearing a story about having a cup of tube spit thrown at you. Ooh, That's He talked about
2: that a few weeks ago. Yeah, yeah,
1: but not in such disgusting detail. That literally <laughs> made me like and be like, ew. And I don't I don't get grossed out that easy usually. But I did not need to hear that story. We do need to talk, however, about Bischoff's little blurby time and TNA. Because he, at first, when he was asked about this on the show, he was like... My, my regret is even doing it. I would never have gone. I, I wouldn't do it. There was nothing good about it. But then he hedges a little bit and he says, well, now wait a minute. You know, this was an opportunity for my son to get in the ring with huge A-list named guys and sort of like Kind of hedge these friendships, and mm-hmm. that was the only time that his son Garrett ever ever got a little taste of the yeah. Got to work with the, like
0: got to work with huge names. Yeah, yeah. this was one of my favorite parts the, of the episode.
3: The,
2: I was gonna, gonna say this like, was my favorite like part of
3: the episode. It, Eric Bishop kind of dropped the facade of like being you know being yeah. the Eric Bischoff and actually being Eric Bishop the human, the parent. You know, proud of his son. Like, so oh. I'm sure like seeing your son like. Be in that in that environment with maybe some of your friends and heroes and idols. Like I'm sure it was you know something that I'm sure Eric Bischoff will always appreciate.
2: And I was also really intrigued because this is something I have always wanted. Like between Garrett Garrett Bischoff and Wes Briscoe because mm-hmm. they both came in there around the same time. Obviously mm-hmm. Eric Bischoff there at the time. And to me, because this was really when um, with TNA, it's kind of like for me personally, a turning point where I became less and less interested. Just because, like, okay, well, here, here's his son, here's Gerald Briscoe's son. Um, okay, they are apparently wrestlers now, and at the time, obviously, I don't know how they are today because it was several years ago. But they were not good. They were not good. They, they didn't. They were, they were thr- like a David Flair situation. They were just kind of thrusting in the spotlight sooner than they were ready for. Mm. And but here they are in the ring with AJ, with Bobby Roode, with Bully Ray, with all them. He was a good rough though. Ref Reffin was fine. Yeah, I thought he was good ref. But, <laughs> but um But so I was always intrigued. Well, okay, because he was there for a minute, did not do well, and then just kind of disappeared. And I I had no idea that he trained with Rikichi just down the street right, from here. Yeah. And I mean Rusev's the biggest name that's come out of there, but Garrett Bischoff is up there too, is one of the biggest names then.
1: Uh, Vanessa Bourne.
2: I didn't know she was there. Yeah, she was. Oh, because she she she's like my favorite. <laughs> but uh, she's she's going to be a star in NXT. I I know. I honestly think so. I the charisma is there for Bianca Belair. Well, Bianca Belair. Well, Bianca Belair is a freak of nature as far as athleticism. She's well, the S or the EST. Yeah, get it. it took right. me a while to figure get out what, right. what EST means. Bianca bent.
0: Belair can come up
2: and leave room for Vanessa. Bourne.
0: Yeah, let's. But but <laughs> I digress. <laughs>
2: Um, but I, I thought it was really interesting because then it was like, oh, well, kind of where are they now? Because we, I don't, did he try to keep going? Did he try for WWE? Did yeah, he try independent any, stuff. But we don't from, know. I've heard, yeah. of, I've
3: heard from West. West yeah, West. Briscoe, stuff, though, yeah, but yeah, I've heard of Gary Bishop at all since TNA. Yeah. yeah.
1: West Briscoe has been very successful on the indie circuit. Yeah, he's, he's working. He's yeah, he's a fantastic promo. He's really a funny guy. He's no, I, I've easy seen. On the I analyze. mean, a, a, few,
2: a few years ago, I saw something. which was like a number of years. Paragon,
1: Paragon Pro Wrestling. Yeah, Paragon Pro Wrestling. Being interviewed by Christy Olson. <laughs> uh,
2: who? Link in the description. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> but no, but I mean, I didn't realize, I'm like, okay, well, this is definitely an improvement from what he was in TNA, mm-hmm. where it goes from now, who knows, but, but uh, yeah, I was always wondering, like, what happened to Garrett? And we kind of got a little, because he pretty much just kind of stopped it, had a shot, and that was the end of it. Ooh, Garrett Bischoff, see what he's up to.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, this is, like you said, George, this was sort of a moment to see Eric Bischoff's real human side. And actually, even uh, Jerry Briscoe, we had him on Xbox One, Two, Three, Sixty about a year and a half ago. And at the end of the show, when we talked to him about Wes, he got very, very emotional. Mm -hmm. And kind of echoed Bischoff's sentiments in that he didn't want his son to pursue this very difficult life. So, I, I again, thank you for pointing that out, George. It was great to see Eric Bischoff's human side a little bit. And then we went right, jumped right <laughs> back into it. Of course, someone had to ask him, would WCW have been successful without NWO? Now, of course, the answer is going to be no. I think maybe Conrad could have come in here a little bit with a with a few suggestions. If you guys were Conrad sitting there, I mean, are there any suggestions here? Is there any plausible is I'm, there any I think point want, we can make to sort I think of keep that discussion going? I think
0: you wanted to ask the question so that person was heard. But he mm. even said, like, yeah, that's that's a no yeah. that's a no starter. Because it's at that point you're you're talking about a quantum reality, like the multi the universe where I'm talking about multiverses later here at After Buzz TV, I went, man, the high castle, but the multiverse where NWO didn't exist, what would the wrestling business look like? And it mm-hmm. would like the argument would become the the attitude era and the nineties boom didn't happen. Realistically. Mantar would
2: have been WWE champion.
0: Seriously. Or or it would have happened with someone else. Like Nash and Hall would have went down to ECW and then the nineties boom would have come from ECW. Like it's but oh. like if you really But if you really want to play that game, it would be fun, but I don't think I
1: don't I don't know about that. Don't I'd think wanna. they wanted to play?
0: I don't know. I don't know if Eric could. I don't. I don't know if Eric. I think Eric was too close at that time to really be able to play that game. I mean, which it's, is unfortunate because
3: he would know. I mean, essentially, success is is uh, it can only be determined by your own. Like, yeah. you can't determine mine. I can't determine yours. You know, et cetera, et cetera. But it sounded like Eric Bischoff's only. Uh, what he wanted to do was just make a profit, a dollar. Yeah. Now whether they have been uh, neck and neck with WWE. Yeah, because they were they were going back and forth back then. You know, it's not like neither neither one of them were like had that boom. Mm. You know, so it still would have been maybe like neck and neck for a while. But I don't think he would have. I guess in in, in Bischoff's case, made a profit at least not anytime soon. So it just kind of like it's always this big what if like what and, if what if Hall and Ash resigned?
0: You yeah, know and I mean? like well, because then would he? Would Bischoff have actually stuck around but it versus don't. been reshuffled as a, just one of the well, Ted Turner's favorite TV well, execs?
1: would of you wanted to hear him to, like speculate on all of well, that? Well, I think I it's more elaborating
2: yeah, because yeah. I'm not it's a big more fantasy Booker fan.
3: <laughs> I think it's more elaborating because with with NWO, it's like, are you saying that what if you never had the idea? Because he had the idea, yeah. You know, he just needed the right people. Right now, it should have been what if you had never had the idea, or what if Hall and Nash weren't available.
2: Right, who would have been one and two. All yeah. we, we oh, you know, of the as a third man. who would have been one and two? Yeah.
0: I guess the insight would have been more, if the question were more, would the would the NWO have happened without Holland Nash? Which I think that question may have been answered, but what would wrestling have looked like if Holland Nash had re-signed with the WWF mm-hmm. and the NWO had happened without them? Right. Which I understand is just a quantum reality and you're just kind of speculating and fantasy booking, but it is interesting to see what what the business would have looked like. Would they have... I, I tend to think the 90s boom would have happened and that NWO started it, but that had NWO not happened, something else would have started it.
2: Virgil would have gotten a bigger payday.
0: Yes, <laughs> Virgil would have gotten 225000 yes. a year. He would have been U.S. champion.
1: <laughs> uh, Dimo points out also without NWO, there would be no DX or Attitude Era yeah, or any of that. That's crazy. what we're saying.
2: Yeah, yeah the whole Attitude Era. Who knows what would have happened? Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, I was joking when I said Mantar would have been mm-hmm. WWE champion, but... We could have had those wacky, not believable characters Mm -hmm. for many, many, many more Mm -hmm. years.
0: Mantar would have made right in 12. All right, 12. 12. <laughs> the WCW. All right how,
1: about, how about some believable characters because they were real, live people? These are some names we don't hear very often. Bischoff said he hadn't even heard one of them until recently. Lenita Erickson, Brad Siegel, Ooh. Stu Snyder. I need your guys' help with this because this became a convoluted story. We knew a little bit of it. Some of it was new. And Bischoff really kind of shadowed it all by talking about who the woman was sleeping with, which anytime a female comes up, on this show, I feel like that's what he talks about is who they were sleeping with. I'm not really sure why it matters that she was with the guy from KISS and that if you go on Facebook, some wife is calling her out. Like, I'm sure that has nothing to do with WCW, but the story was so confusing that I'm I, not exactly I, positive. So I did guys, not understand
2: the story. No, I was clueless on it. I'm like, oh, okay.
0: I didn't wholly <laughs> understand this story. I believe the TV... You want to talk about fantasy wrestling? the TV landscape at the time WCW had gone under mm-hmm. ECW had or the time WCW was going to not be on the Turner broadcast the Turner broadcast system and before that like the the turmoil in WCW ECW had just left mm-hmm. WWF had become a publicly traded company and the USA network didn't want wrestling or at the very least didn't want to pay what the WWF what Spike TV paid the WWF mm-hmm. so I've heard a lot of rumblings about an executive at the USA Network not wanting wrestling, changing how and what companies survived past that point. And I believe this story is that. Okay. And I may seek confirmation because I am
3: actually very curious the more I think about it. I think it just they just want you to buy that Nitro book. Yeah. That's fair, too. Yeah.
1: I have tried to buy the Nitro book on Kindle. And it's like you can get, like, a sample, but then you can't get the rest of it. And it's I'm just like, not
0: available on Kindle?
1: Well, no, it is. It says that it is, but then you can't get it. So I don't know what the deal is. Get your Oof. stuff together, Amazon. Because I don't want to lug around that big old book, but I need to read it. Mm. I started it with the sample.
2: But I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that page one's a good page. <laughs> I
1: Oof. mean.
2: I can't wait to find out what happens on page yeah, two. Yeah. Yeah. Table so of much content. Now. You know what
1: you're probably not going to find is that in that book is uh, a description of Linda McMahon as a yes! quote Wait for it. Waiting. Sexy Beast.
3: Yes. Dude, I agree, dude. There's something about <laughs> Linda McMahon. Like, she's in that Martha Stewart. There's in that Martha Stewart, Barbara Walters, like, where it's like... <laughs> Hold on. There is something so sexy you about You find those. Barbara
2: Walters and Martha Stewart sexy.
3: Martha Stewart? You wouldn't want to be married to Martha Stewart? No.
1: Well, that's a different question. Especially, <laughs> especially since she's very wealthy. Yeah,
3: I mean, there's the wealth wealthy. Part. I'm thinking more food-wise.
1: Of course you were.
2: Oh, that's not nice. <laughs> I but yeah, I, 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 I think he I was, just started laughing out loud in the car when I heard this part. And
0: I think that's exactly why he said it. And I think cont- context being king, I think he didn't mean it to demean Linda by no, any no, means. No, he meant no. that to be he meant that to be a salacious but not believable comment. Mm-hmm. I mean, you don't he think did, he meant it? He did make no, out I think both he, Linda and Stephanie McMahon. I know that he did do that. Mm-hmm. He, I'm happy. I it's interesting that hasn't come up. To Hopefully be very, he's honest. the only
2: one. Oh, okay.
1: <laughs> See, the, the well, whole point Has been of that, a Randy
2: Orton angle with Linda? I know was one with Stephanie.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that piece of conversation in the show was very uncomfortable and weird, and now it's getting very uncomfortable and weird while we sit here talking about it. And, you know and, what's and crazy this segment is like sponsored by Bluetooth.
2: <laughs> and, you know what, and you know
3: what's crazy about that Linda McMahon segment was that Vince McMahon was right there producing the whole thing. Yep. Yep. Yeah.
1: Do it. Do it. Go. Get it. <laughs> You don't know. Maybe uh, Linda Finagle behind the scenes. Maybe she really wanted <laughs> to pull some
2: strings. You're like, you know, I think it'd be a good idea. You got to right. t- kiss Trish. I get to kiss bitch off. <laughs> Even, even playing field. (laughs) What
1: if that was a thing? Maybe Maybe it was like, all right, honey, you got one, I get to pick one. Vince's response
2: would be like, you serious? (laughs) All right. (laughs) That's the one.
1: Wow, speculation is fun. So let's speculate on who would be on Bischoff's dream booking team. This was really interesting. He chose uh, Dusty Rhodes, of course, the Mm -hmm. Al Snow, which... Was not expected, but is something that I've heard a lot of other people yes. say if about you, Al Snow if ever, as well. Have you
0: ever heard Al Snow in an interview or his podcast, which he's recently launched? Yes, uh, he, we really?
1: interview, we interviewed him on Xbox One, Two, Three, Sixty, then and
0: on SmackDown AfterBuzz. All the things he is like. I honestly think he needs to do a TED Talk about <laughs> wrestling because he's one of he is one of the smartest people I've ever heard describe wrestling mm-hmm. in a way in in a way where it's still very much carnival based. But he explains it as a, like an old art form, older than an old American art form that's older than jazz. His podcast is dope. Y'all. He, he's so the you guy, yeah.
1: you weren't surprised about that mm-hmm. one, George? Were you surprised to hear him name Scott Hall? Uh
3: more surprised about Al Snow, but I mean, maybe a little bit Scott Hall because you always thought of him as a creative guy, but not fully in that in that booking role. But then you think back, you are like. Actually, you know, Scott Hall would be perfect. Like, you hear nothing but great things when he was clean, mm. you know, sober and clean. Uh, but even when he was little, you know, you know, down under, where it's like he still had pretty good ideas. It's just he, You know, he wasn't consistently, you know, there to, to, to count on him.
2: There are so many wrestlers that you wouldn't think just like, oh, based on either their history or their gimmick, that, oh, no, they'd be great at booking shows. Mm-hmm. But they're so brilliant for all different aspects. I mean... George, you and you and I know Brian Kendrick. That's a guy right off the top of the, off the top mm-hmm. of your head. Where you just, oh, you know, he's a good wrestler, but, but like he is, he is very intelligent on all aspects mm-hmm. with all different types of he's stories. He's very
3: creative, extremely creative.
2: <laughs> Jake the Snake would be another one. Yes. For, um for example. I mean,
1: uh, I, Star Drew in the chat says Raven.
2: Yeah, Raven. Yeah. I Yeah,
0: I feel, last I've heard, last I've heard an interview with Raven, he feels a little, I don't want to say beaten down by the business, but a certain, yeah. but there's a certain level of, like, malcontent, like, oh, no one's going to let me do anything in this, like, yeah. there's a certain level of that to him, but I think, at, in his prime, he had a lot what of, what about great me?
3: And <laughs> it's funny, because, like, you look at a lot of the trainers, where it's, like, none of the trainers were, you can say, maybe it was, like, an A-list main eventer. But, you know, like Norman Smiley, Robbie Brookside. And, like, you hear nothing but great things from them. We're like, they know more about the business than maybe a lot of these. Like, Adam the Hogan Pierce. and the Flares and hmm. whatnot, you
2: know? Yeah. I, I mean, Adam Pearce is, is, is a genius with it and never really had a run in WWE. Mm-hmm. But is brilliant with all the stuff.
1: Well, we are we are being very complimentary. I'm yes. I'm wondering if you guys caught this little piece of shade. <laughs> oh, okay. Shade. <laughs> Did Eric Bischoff basically say that the Bullet Club is so over and that they are an NWO knockoff?
2: I didn't. I didn't read it this way. I didn't. I didn't read. I didn't read as far as NWO. He said like the tip of the cap. Like um, they like salute it because it's you know it's it's a modern day NWO at mm. least when it started. Um, do I think? I mean. I mean, if they you really want to be real technical, they are. After all, in it's 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 dropped a little bit mm. because that was really like the peak of it. There's plenty more where it came from. They're not gone by any
1: means. Well, Bischoff basically said like oh, I was hearing a lot about them like eight months or so ago, and now I don't hear nothing. Well, how then. much like, how much
2: how much have you heard about I mean, them he since was, all in? He was right. No, um, he's um, yeah, he's how much totally have you heard? right.
1: But would you say that out loud?
2: You, you got yeah. a podcast. You can say what you
1: want.
0: Well, also, I think. What he, what he is right about comparing them to the NWO is that at a certain point, the NWO became so all-encompassing mm-hmm. that you had to have separate factions break away from them. Like, And his plan, if they let him do it, would have been to have it be its own night. Okay. Because it would have been its own federation, its own thing that literally took over. And I do think Bullet Club has succeeded in that way, that there's such a ubiquity to how many people are in the Bullet Club that you have people like the Young Bucks by themselves or just being the elite, mm-hmm. or like the Villains Club or this or that. Like, You have so many other people or other groups within the Bullet Club getting over as that.
1: Okay, so maybe I read too much into that one. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) But tell me if you got this from him. It sounds like Eric Bischoff wants to work for the WWE Network. Because he definitely, in answering the question about if he would go back to WWE, he... Says a lot lot about, oh, there wouldn't really be a space for me. Maybe the audience would like it for a sec, but I'm not the demo. But he does seem interested, in. he's like, maybe there's something I could do with the network. And that makes
2: a lot of sense, doesn't it? Well, he did the um, the Monday Night Wars. Table of three? The Table three and the Monday Night Wars when it first first came out. Yeah, but
1: I think what I gathered from what he was saying was more like, pulling some strings behind the scenes like he, he wants to uh, want have job. a hand in some programming at the um, WWE Network or, or something of that uh, nature
0: I don't know this for a fact but I feel like what they're paying the program manager for the WWE Network probably mm. is outside of what you could afford for Eric Bischoff I don't know <laughs> I don't know but it like, is like I don't know Virgil money? Right. Um, probably Virgil <laughs> probably Virgil money but I think Eric, to, to make Eric Bischoff drop everything else he's doing I think you would need triple Virgil money plus like mm-hmm. plus um, inflation So, like, I don't think they could afford him because he wouldn't, I don't know.
1: No, and because he's used to riding first class on a plane, which was one of the stories that he told tonight, which I really, really liked. Yes. Because this is... Everybody, listen. You guys know this, but you you guys out there... <laughs> listen, tell everybody,
2: stop and listen.
1: The number one reaction when you tell people that you work in wrestling or you bring up wrestling in any way, shape, or form is, oh, I used to love that when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. No one will admit it to watching it now. Mm-hmm. Uh, according to Bischoff, they wouldn't admit to watching it back then either. <laughs> I, I just... I love that story.
2: It's and it's honestly like today's day and age is really like this last year or so. It's probably when people are starting to be more open mm-hmm. that they watch it. Yeah, I mean, I could I couldn't tell you how many people like back to like the Friendster Facebook joke, but you know people that I went to high school with because I was open and vocal about you know being a wrestling fan, and not many people were, mm-hmm. and and I had you know like Facebook like maybe I post something as far as you know did this wrestling show, I'll get a message from someone I went to school with <laughs> to be like, you know, that that's so cool that you do this. I, I remember watching that. of I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> you were what, what? Why did you <laughs> never tell me? I felt like I was being made fun of for why, or whatever. And she's like, wait a minute. There are so many more fans than you would think. <laughs> that's right. They just won't admit it.
3: You need, to do what, you need to go to my high school. We had a club. Oh, I, 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 wish I, went to, I, I wish I went, went to George's high school. I went, to, you, I went to Grant High School. We had the Grant World Order. Actually, you might know some of the people. The <laughs> Grant World you, Order. You might know some of the people the that, that are in that. Do you know uh, Aaron Hassan, referee?
1: Okay, none of our people who are listening are definitely <laughs> going to. So... And you made me lose (laughs) where it was at. And I almost just said a swear word because of it, and that whole PC thing would have just gone right out the window. No one was admitting to watching it back in the day, and now Eric Bischoff will not admit to watching ECW. I kind of believe him on this.
2: No, this part was the one thing I I need to borrow George's BS. Oh, no. That's my thing. That's why I quoted you and (laughs) said to borrow it. I didn't steal it. Because how does he go from saying, you know, he says in the same sentence, haven't seen, I watched. Or it was like, I watched but haven't seen. Yeah, what was that? I, that that's why I'm I'm borrowing George's BS yes button.
1: I took that as like sort of, he was saying he's never honestly sat down with Maybe the intention of followed, watching he hasn't, it. he hasn't
2: followed it week to week, fine. It
1: was more like he never intended to watch it, but of course he's seen little bits here and there, just, you know, over someone's shoulder or whatever it may be. I think he I mentioned. Don't think, I don't think he ever intentionally has watched ECW. And I I'm think buying he,
0: it. I think that dig he brought up too, and I think you you brought it up two weeks ago when you were talking about ECW, or ECW in your market. I just happen to have grown up in Philadelphia where it would be on at 10 p.m. Saturday, 10 p.m. or 10 p.m. Friday, 10 p.m. Saturday. Mm-hmm. Cool. Like and it, like you would just be able to watch it but to to hear people uh, like well later like yeah it was on for like three weeks in my market and then it wasn't mm-hmm. and then like it was on at 3am on a channel I could never find and like I think he he did bring up something about ECW that I I don't actually resonate with because it was always on in my market
1: <laughs> <laughs> alright I I stop I, 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 say, I agree
3: I agree uh, as far as I'm sorry I agree as far as uh, you as far as I don't think he watched it
1: I don't
0: I, mean- it, it wasn't his job to watch no it wasn't mm-hmm. I think I think the people who booked the matches watched it. I think Terry Taylor watched. Yeah, like I think yeah. I think cuz there are plenty of vi- there's plenty of evi- there's plenty of video evidences where he where the spots were straight up stolen and it's because everyone knew who Bischoff was and Bischoff was the very focal face of WCW at that time. Mm-hmm. It was easy to be like, oh, Bischoff watched ECW and stole that where it's like Bischoff runs WCW. Do you think he has time to watch <laughs> ECW He like, runs he a he large doesn't.
2: wrestling company?
0: Like I, do you think he watches all 2 hours of Raw? While while running Nitro? Like, I don't think that's how that happens.
2: Right. He recorded it on his VCR so he could fast-forward the commercials. <sighs> mm. he, which
0: code? He had, to, he had to buy a TV guide.
1: Mm. Well, as Nostalgia. our time uh, winds down here, guys, I want to remind you all that it could all go away at any moment. This like was that. a very, very profound comment that Eric Bischoff reiterated from Hulk Hogan in one of Bischoff's huge moments where he was feeling like the man, he was feeling accomplished and successful and like it doesn't get much better than this. Boom, the very forgiving as we know now, Hulk Hogan was like, "Hey dude, remember, it could all be gone tomorrow." Yeah. Yeah, that was weighty, right? Like we're all just like,
0: "Oh, what a way to end it." I think that <laughs> is, but I think that informed what I was saying about Hogan earlier that mm-hmm. like he's just someone who's seen the tide come and go so many times. Mhm. You did, keep saying
1: "tide." Can I ask you guys this? What is this "roll tide" business? Is that um, like a, is it a Southern saying?
0: Yeah. No, it's, it's, it's Alabama. Specifically, someone who who roots for the Alabama Crimson thing. Tide. Yeah, the, the Crimson Tide. "Roll tide" means a couple different things. It's, okay,
1: this is the second time that not knowing something other sports related has hurt me in wrestling. It's not
0: incredibly sport <laughs> Like
2: Where's
0: he can one? say that he can say that you look roll tide today, but he can also say, "Which just roll you tide. do.
2: You are in crimson." <laughs> yeah, yeah but it can place. also just be like.
0: Hey, something something cool happened. Now roll tide, Steve.
1: Like okay, happened, I, like, I thought it was literally a reference to having sex.
2: No, it's because that's when what? that's
1: when Conrad keeps saying it. He's like, "They're roll Tide, they're roll Tide, oh roll Tide. Like, no, it's because isn't Conrad from
2: out. Alabama, or did he he's go? Out? Yeah, no, he's yeah, yeah, from Alabama. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. It's he. It's it's a catch-all phrase. It took a minute.
3: To,
1: it took <laughs> okay. a minute for me it's to catch like, it too. it's like,
0: like it's a get her done. Get
1: her done. Oh, it's not a catchphrase. Hey, I think it's a little it.
0: more profound than get her done. But okay, all right. well,
1: thank you for shining that, <laughs> shedding that light on that for me, guys. One more little tidbit before they were done. Eric Bischoff talked about why he wanted to go to WWE. It was because of the people and the production value. And as we know, we are going to get a lot more of that next week when the entire subject of the show is going to be Bischoff's first week in WWE. First year. First year, I'm sorry. I can't wait to hear this story about how he knew he was being tested what was the big test? That
2: was a great cliffhanger, yes. by the way. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, oh, he's going to start getting into this, and he's like, we'll talk more about them. He's like, no, Ju- I want to know now. July 15,
3: 2002 was his first episode on Raw, and I remember that day, it was like watching Booker T's reaction. Yeah. That mm-hmm. was like my reaction yeah, was at like, home.
2: Oh, wait, wait a minute. How is he on Monday Night Raw? Oh, that was crazy. Yeah. yeah. We
1: cannot wait for that. And, of course, we will be right back here breaking it down. I hope you guys come and join us in the live chat. They have been very vocal tonight. It's really cool to hang out with you guys. And uh, if they want to catch up with all of you guys on the social media and such, where would they do that at? Christian Rosenberg?
2: Well, you can follow me on Twitter at Rosenberg, Instagram, Rosenberg, ProSaintEast.com slash Christian Rosenberg. We talked about Al Snow earlier. He has this awesome clothing brand called Collar and Elbow. Yeah. Like the shirt I'm wearing right now. CollarAndElbowBrand.com. Promo code Rosenberg. Saves yourself 10%. And you can also catch me hosting AfterBuzz Smackdown at 9 p.m. Pacific time tonight.
0: And I'm Steve Coffin. You can find me on Twitter almost exclusively at Steve Coffin, That is K-A-U-F-M-A-N-N. I do a lot of uh, pro wrestler YouTube accounts, including YouTube.com/slash83weeks, which starting this Yay! Monday is gonna have a bit of a ramp up. That's all I'm gonna say for now. Oh, cliffhanger from him!
3: Oh wow! Uh, I'm George Hermosa. You can follow me at Hermosa, G-H-E-R-M-O-Z-A on Twitter and Instagram. All the rest, and and friends are apparently. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and I'm on AIM as well. There you go. <laughs>
1: And make sure that you like us at facebook.com slash after83weeks. And you can always hit me up at Christie Reports. I love to hear from you guys. Thank you guys for joining me. We always have so freaking much fun on the show. And, you know, we're going to have some new wrestling programming coming to AfterBuzz TV Wrestling and Sports. So make sure you stay tuned for that. And I'm going to be asking your guys' opinions as we kind of shape and develop a couple new shows that we have going on. So make sure you stay in touch. And we will see you all next week. To- oh, we're going oh, to hold hands. We're stay Oh, okay. Oh, we right. We're going to stay like this until next week. We're all going
2: to get Virgil week. money.
1: Virgil money. Thank you, guys. See you soon. <laughs>